0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to conservative, not bitter talk, and I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, email always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You can always call the Huff hotline as well, 317-455-5250, with your thoughts, comments, questions. Maybe you're asking about, I don't know, just want to talk about coronavirus, share your thoughts on that. Welcome you to do any of those things uh, on the Huff Hotline, or you can send those by email as well. You can connect with us on the website. I've got folks that email questions and opinions there too, or I guess submit those, I should say. And we're always on Facebook, facebook.com slash Todd Huff Shows, as long as Facebook allows us to do that. So um, since Friday, the coronavirus... um, I guess reaction, response fears have increased maybe dramatically so all sites all types of measures being taken being taken by states, by churches we our church I did not meet yesterday um, schools have of course closed, even schools that we didn't know at first if they were going to close, although I think deep down we all knew that uh, after last week that virtually all schools are going to end up uh, shutting down, which again, I'm not not criticizing. There's a fine line here, and that's, you know, as I've been thinking about this, and I guess that's kind of how I want to start off today here, but I really want to, I guess, be a voice of reason and calm in a... In an otherwise largely, well, in a in a world full of, I don't know, panic, uh, overreaction, fear, you know, I think we can be responsible. We can be wise. We can be. We can think about the conditions or the realities that this virus is now among us. Without. I mean, losing our minds, and that's, and that 's really what has to be to be done. It reminds me, reminds me of uh, the biblical passage that tells us that we're not uh, we don't have a spirit of fear, a spirit of timidity that 's not how we were created to live. For those of us um, who are Christian, we should tap into that immediately. If you're not, I mean you are created created in the image of a God that created everything from nothing. Now ultimately that peace can only be known through him, but we have the capacity we have the capacity to not react and respond the way that we do. And ultimately that can be found for the believer and in Christ. But I think that we need to have this moment of, you know, I guess, assessment. And one of the things that I guess, I don't know, concerns me, or you, you've seen now, there's at least two states. Ohio was the first that I saw to do this, Indiana followed suit this weekend, my state. And they are announcing how many people they think might have the coronavirus in their respective states based upon I guess their own algorithms, predictive models, what have you. So I thought part of the reason part of the reason we we took some extreme measures was to wait and see really what you know, we didn't we we wanted to see what the real effects were. We wanted to err on the side of caution. So now in fact I got a text message asking me that. How did Indiana not add a single case, have not one new single case reported, and go from, you know, and add zero, right? They added zero overnight one of these nights, Friday to Saturday or Saturday to Sunday one. They added zero cases, but yet they went from 19 cases to 70,000 cases. And that's all because of predictions because the actual confirmed number of cases is still around 19 here. But some state officials said that they predict approximately or at least even 1% of the population which is roughly six and a half, seven million million people here in the great state of Indiana so they expect predict whatever for there to be 70,000 cases same is true in Ohio, Ohio has 11 million people or some such number on I think it was Thursday Thursday some representative from the State Health Department or whatever they call it there came out and said that there's at least or likely at least 100,000 people, 1% of the population who have coronavirus. And that very well may be the case, but it's also we just – we don't know. There's so much that we don't know here, and I think that these sorts of things add add a degree of panic when in another sense you could say if, if 100,000 people have it. And only, I don't know, 30 or 40 in the state of Ohio have been confirmed. I'm sure some are awaiting tests, but a lot of those folks don't even know that they have it. And that's part part of the reason why this fear is overblown. Now, if you're in a certain population, you have certain criteria. If you're over, say, 60, especially 70 or 80... You have to be extra vigilant about this. If you have underlying health conditions, you need to be extra vigilant about this. And those of us that, you know, I saw from the cruise ship, one of the cruise ships, half the people that had it on, the, on a cruise ship, remember there for the longest time, the cruise ship was second or third uh, in the list of places around the world uh, where there were the most cases. And when something like China... In fact, at one time, it might have been second, China, and then cruise ship. And there were, at the time, 700 and some, I think, cases, 600 and some, something like that. Well, you also find out that half the people that ended up, ended up with it didn't even know that they had it, which says that for some, even perhaps most, it's possible. Again, we're still gaining gathering information, but for most people, there were either minimal symptoms to where they thought they may have just had a cold or even no symptoms, to where they were effectively just a carrier. Um, Then, of course, in the 20% range, you're having people having to go to the hospital, and, of course, a fraction, a percentage of those folks end up critical, and then some of those end up succumbing to this virus. So, obviously, there's a lot of considerations here for certain for certain segments of the population, again, underlying health risks or over 60, the older you get, the worse that this can become. Then you have a higher chance of, I don't know, uh, experiencing extreme difficulties, even critical health conditions or in the worst case scenario, God forbid, um, th- there's, there are people dying in those in those categories from this. So perspective matters. And so the rest of us, we need to we need to be mindful of this. I mean we shouldn't just be haphazard about it and I've never never called for that. I've always called for perspective here. Perspective. And there's a large amount there's a large amount of panic that's that's wrapped up in this. And in fact we've got restaurants now. Restaurants in both states, well, a state to the east of Indiana and a state to the west. Ohio to the east and Illinois to the west that have now shut down at least the dine-in portions of restaurants. I talked with a friend in uh, in Ohio that has uh, that that has a restaurant and we were I was asking about this. What do you what do you do? What does this mean for you? Uh, apparently people can still come in, place their orders and go. At least that's the case now. And that's the other problem with this. The the Ohio governor, who is a Republican by the way, Governor DeWine who I believe I've heard people calling him Doomsday DeWine. But they've been all over the map on this. You know, don't, you know, don't go to restaurants one day, then the next day they come out and say, you know, you can go to restaurants, and then the following day they come out and they they make going and dining in restaurants illegal, at least for the time being. They they shut that down. You can't do that. Which again, I'm not saying that's necessarily the wrong thing. It's just and I get that they're learning information to but it creates a real, a real uncertainty in the in the business in the business world. I mean, folks still have to manage their restaurants. If you cut down and stop, say dine-in service, there's a whole bunch of the staff that won't be there. Uh, depending on the particular restaurant, some people will only have drive ups open. You'll you'll find in some states you go to even to walk into a standalone restaurant. Fast food or whatever, maybe even something like Applebee's, I don't know in Ohio and Illinois, those doors may be locked. You might have to call in your order, go to curbside and sit there. which again, I'm not necessarily criticizing because we're still gathering gathering information on this, but there's been so much inconsistency uh, inconsistency and and I think panic in certain areas certain certain aspects. That people are still uh, still trying to catch up to what exactly we're dealing with what exactly is going on here but ultimately folks and this is this is what's good about conservatism yes we should follow the the laws and the rules and yes maybe we'll talk a little bit about you know the 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 role of potential quarantines in a constitutional republic I know some folks who think that the government should never be able to tell them they can't leave their home sort of thing but There are certain circumstances that justifiably, and I mean they're rare, we may be embarking upon one here, but there are certain circumstances where that is, uh, you know, the government's job is to, to in part, ensure the the health of, of those in the community which it serves, and that is a legitimate, that is a legitimate purpose. Now, it can't be abused, and it doesn't mean it's... A carte blanche sort of thing that they can just invoke whenever they feel like you have to be able to justify the actual rationale behind it. but that's something that we should be aware of, be mindful of, obey if that gets to that if it gets to that point. but ultimately, we're responsible for our own health. See, I look down the road and I think maybe this sort of thing, maybe and this as terrible as this is, it just reminds me of a of a biblical passage in Romans that says that. That all things, God will use all things to work together for good. Maybe, maybe there are, when the dust settles on this, some, some, positive, some positive outcomes, long range, in the way that maybe Americans, um, more Americans, respond favorably to certain things like taking responsibility for their own, their own health. It's amazing to me. People think the doctor knows more than me, and the doctor does know more about the human body, or at least they should, than the patient. But it doesn't mean that the doctor's always right about you, and it doesn't mean that you don't have any input, and that your feedback may actually change the doctor's perspective. And I just see people just, you know, they don't know, that they, they go to the hospital, they get their insurance card, they don't know what it costs, they don't care what it costs, the doctor says it, it means that they automatically have to do it. But maybe there's some long-range... A uh, benefit, i do not Not saying that this in itself is good, but there could be some positive benefits come from this down the road. But the good thing about being conservative is, is, is that we've always maintained that you are first and foremost responsible for you. I am first and foremost responsible for me. And what's tricky about this is we don't know. We still don't have really complete information. Heck, in fact, there's sometimes conflicting information out there for us to sift through. What is actually true, what is actually accurate, what are the actual symptoms? I mean I see a list of symptoms, and then I see someone who's had the the coronavirus and they tell me their symptoms, and I think they told me that wasn't a symptom, so there's so much left to to be known and understood about this, but the only way to truly understand and I guess um, the the only way to really build an understanding into to be wise through this is to take a deep breath, which I know the, the vast majority of you are. But just culturally, we see that that's not necessarily the case, and we've got we do have some fear mongers out there. We have some folks who just want to get clicks and so forth for their their stories. There's that as well, but there's also people that just are genuinely confused, and it's a seems to be an ever moving target as to what we're really dealing with here. Although it is, I think more accurate uh now after a couple of weeks of dealing with this in some capacity here domestically and of course a couple of months internationally there's a better picture of what we're dealing with here but we we're still on the I'm, i'm firmly convinced of this we're still on the on the side of this and Oz is telling me it's time to take a break but we're on the side of this that we are just kind of scratching the surface there's a lot more a lot more to come from this and uh you know we may be we may be enduring some some challenges to our day to day life here for for some time um, and, and and maybe justifiably so in some areas maybe maybe a little bit of panic but again those things I think and hope will uh, make themselves clearer over the course of time but I've got to take a time out. we'll continue this discussion about coronavirus the political impl- uh, implications we had a debate last night we've got primaries tomorrow we'll talk about all of that as the show comes together. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So before, I guess, I guess I should say since we last met, since we last met on Friday – Friday morning, uh, Trump held a press conference, announced that he's declaring an emergency, and again, this is the right the right steps here, given what we're facing. Uh, this allows certain funding to be accessible, and it gives Trump uh, certain temporary, I guess, powers or opportunities where he can, uh, you know, do things to, you know, act quickly. To protect the spread of this coronavirus here uh, in the United States. Additionally, additionally, Trump decided to extend the travel ban to include the UK and and Ireland, which had originally not been on the list. They were exempted, and I remember last week, maybe I can't remember which hour it was, but during this program, I I shared with you some of the uh, <laughs> some of the uh, negative responses that came from from Trump's decision people actually saying that the reason Trump didn't uh, ban travel you know extend the travel ban originally to include the UK and Ireland it was because of the fact that he has resorts in the UK and Ireland and so that's why he didn't he wanted to to get more money, didn't really care about the safety of people. Of course, just a couple of days later, changing that. Changing that. Of course, the folks that believe these sorts of things, they'll think, well, we were right. He was just trying to squeeze a couple more days out of this. He's trying to get as many nickels and dimes out of this equation as was possible. As was possible. Of course, this is nonsense. I mean, it's clear the president wants to protect American lives. It's clear that I mean, I think it's clear. Now, some people don't see it this way because the president will say things um, you know, that point out some of the things he's doing that, as he puts it, have been the best actions taken, as he always does, the best executive order in history, the best speech in history, all those sorts of things. But um, I think that he's really tried to keep this not about that. Anytime he makes these comments, it's really because – the questions, I, as I see it when I watch these press conferences, is because these questions that he's getting, the accusatory tone, and he's trying to push back on this. I mean there's, there's a ton of accusatory questions about the president. Some people think he didn't act quickly enough, for example, with his travel ban to China. In fact, if you go back in time – if you go back in time, maybe I can do this during the break – but there was a point in time when he was actually criticized for cutting off travel too early to China. In fact, I believe I believe there were people that were citing his xenophobia as a reason for that. Trump just, you know, has been sitting there in the White House waiting trying to figure out how to cut travel off from people in China because he hates the Chinese. I mean, that's that's a narrative. That's a sub-narrative that we've seen throughout Trump's presidency, not uh, presidency, not specific to the Chinese, it's specific to any group, in general to any group of people, that's why Trump wants to build the wall, for example he wants to target Hispanics, when he looks at a travel ban from uh, Islamic terrorist uh, terrorism regions of the world it's because of his uh, xenophobia or racism, or whatever the term is whatever the term is against folks who are Islamic in those countries remember uh, muslim majority countries are the ones that trump supposedly targeted however however out of the top 10 most populous muslim countries in the world there was only one on that list that was affected by the travel ban and that was iran which by the way this may be a news flash to some in the media exports exports islamic terrorists they fund islamic terrorists in fact they have Islamic terrorists have Islamic terrorists fight their proxy wars on their behalf? They have these folks fight the United States uh, using jihad, using jihad as a as a tool against the United States of America, and yet, uh, yet we're supposed to believe that they have nothing, nothing yeah, that, that that Trump should just ignore. That fact, and just fixate on the idea that it 's a Muslim country instead of a Muslim country that focuses or has has hotbeds of terrorism see it 's the terrorism part that 's the concerning part for people. When people start saying death to America and they learn how to use c4 explosives they learn tactics on how to kill as many Americans as possible. Those are the things that are pro- problematic there, not who they uh, not whether or not they worship another uh, another God than the the God of the Bible. Anyway, my wife sent me this last night. Speaking about ISIS. I found this a little bit... Uh, I, I don't know. It made me chuckle. Headline here, Fox News. ISIS advises terrorists on coronavirus to avoid Europe for jihad. That's right. Even ISIS is apparently letting their... Uh, their team of jihadi terrorists no hey you know for your own safety here which is crazy to think that this is where this has gotten for your own safety please conduct your other i guess suicide missions outside places affected by by coronavirus in fact this al naba if i'm pronouncing that correctly newsletter by isis according to fox news contains quote sharia directives urging its healthy members not to enter, quote, the land of the epidemic to avoid becoming infected. This was first reported in the New York Times, or excuse me, New York Post, New York Post. But if you're sick, they said, if you're a sick jihadist in Europe already, you should stay there, presumably uh, to continue to sicken the infidels and possibly to keep from bringing it back to the leaders outside the leaders of course want nothing to do with actual jihad they just want to have the the soldiers to go do their uh, their dirty work to do their bidding to get involved in their geopolitical workings and so forth all under the guise all under the name of uh you know of of furthering their islamic jihad for their religion and so forth anyway Nutty stuff going on out there. Just another example. Even the terrorists apparently are (laughs) having something to say about the coronavirus. So we're going to take a time out here. I want to share some more things on coronavirus um, and maybe a little bit about what could be next, what our government can and and should be able to do, what that looks like for a conservative what your role in that would be, what my role in that would be. Hopefully, again, more than anything right now, we're being a voice of, of reason and, and and well, candidly, peace here as we see uh, some some realistic fears but also some pure pandemonium fights in the grocery stores at Walmart over toilet paper and some such thing. So we'll talk about this and more as the show comes together, but i got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Back, No word yet if the ISIS ISIS schools have been closed. I tell you, it's just cra- crazy stuff to me. Now, look, I'm not minimizing really the, the evils, of course, of ISIS. They're a despicable, awful, pathetic uh, group that, I mean, this is purely evil, demonic stuff that they're involved with. And I'm not criticizing schools that have closed. I just find it ironic and somewhat entertaining here on this morning that uh, maybe a little bit of laughing would be good for the the soul that ISIS is telling its terrorists to avoid avoid Europe yeah after all we're concerned about your health and well-being i don't know maybe they have health plans maybe they have some sort of a health plan and they don't want uh, they don't want to see their rates go up because people in their group are reporting uh, to hospitals for treatment for coronavirus so they say be careful avoid Europe for your jihadi activities posted at the fire excuse me to Facebook if you want to take a look uh, facebook.com slash todd up t- t- show I tell you what but anyway so we've got we've got a state of emergency we've got funds that are now available we've got we've got tomorrow we've got the primaries we've got some more primaries we're two weeks out from Super Tuesday of course last night we had a debate we had a debate between Biden and and Bernie up there bumping elbows, having answers for all problems. I've noticed this during this campaign. In fact, I noticed this first. I don't want to say first. We all knew that this was coming, but I actually saw it in action. We saw it in action when Biden took to the podium last week, making it look like, making the optics look like he was commander-in-chief, taking control during uh, during this coronavirus outbreak epidemic problem that we're facing here and so he goes to the podium for the first time in a long time behind behind some uh, democrat lawmaker or at least democrat politician in the case of biden i saw american flags in fact there were four of them he even wore one even one wore one on his lapel uh, lapel which is ironic because usually in the debates uh, you won't see the flag. In fact, that's probably a source of anger for some in the base. So we got all this stuff happening. It's being overshadowed, and understandably so, it's being overshadowed by coronavirus. But there's some things with this election that we need to to talk about as well that I'll probably get into probably get into uh next hour. But as I've been talking about here, the 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 key the key here is to be responsible without without being one prone to act in, in panic because there are you've got the actual health problem the health crisis the, the outbreak or whatever the term is here of of coronavirus but you've got you've got ancillary effects right you've seen the stock market lose 25 its, percent of its value in a week or so that's not good you've seen the house that's passed a stimulus package well, coronavirus package, I guess I should say. The president has tweeted he's going to be in support of this, but it still has to pass the Senate. With the president's tweet, it makes it, in my mind, more likely that this will pass. But you see you see some out there uh, who may not end up supporting this. And so you just... You know, you have to be responsible as a as a legislator, even during times of crisis. Right? You can't allow people to, you know, use this crisis as, as democratic leaders have told us in the past. Rahm Emanuel never let a crisis go to waste. You can't let them use this as a as an instrument to get other things done. That there needs to be independent ind- uh, well independent independent debate upon right we can't have people that are out there trying to slip things into the the system i know aoc wants to see everything from medicare for all to universal basic income in this thing which of course is is craziness you talk about taking political advantage of something that's that's what that would look like But anyway, there's there's a a, a possibility, a strong possibility, I think, at this point that the House and the Senate, excuse me, is going to going to sign on to this legislation. Trump will sign this to begin the process of helping uh, helping individuals deal with the consequences and the fallout of, of coronavirus. Whatever we think about this particulars, I mean, we're we're to the point where it appears like that's. I think, more than likely the case at this point, just because they don't want to punt this political football back. Then you've got the issue of of the timeliness. You get the political ramifications. So we've got all these these factors, all these things happening and going on. And in the meantime, we've got states predicting, projecting, pontificating on the number of people that are infected, where they're taking that number of 1% and assuming. And that very well may be the case. I don't know. But, I mean, at some point, at some point, that only fuels the panic, especially if one day people see that there's 20 cases in their state, and the next day their state officials are telling them there's over 100,000. I mean, that just seems, seems like a shock, an unnecessary shock to the system, and it's based upon prognostications. It's based upon speculation. They'll tell you it's based upon based upon science. It's based upon models, models of something we don't thoroughly understand, and and based upon whatever their assumptions are that they're putting into these models, which candidly are usually worst case. We've got people out there who have said that this could affect and infect up to 214 million Americans. That's almost 70, 65, some, something like that, 60, 70 percent of Americans. So all this stuff fueling um, you know, economic concerns, businesses now having to make decisions, you know, what, are, there, are there things that they need to change about their business? Or for some businesses, they're actually, as in the case with the grocery stores, they can't keep up with demand, but they're also thinking of, in some cases, cutting hours to keep people, uh, I guess, out of the store as much and to give their teams time to restock the shelves, all this stuff happening. All this stuff happening, and a lot of this—certainly some of this—is overreaction. Some of it, certainly not. But but, you know, going through all this and finding out the truth is is proving to be a harder thing. Harder thing than I think we would care to believe. Well, yeah, harder thing than I, I than it should be. How about that? Harder harder than it should be to get to the to the real truth here, because you you really find conflicting answers. By the way, I should point out. Oz asked me during the break. She said, who do you know with coronavirus? I don't know anyone with coronavirus. I was saying I had I had read – forgive me if I misspoke. I had read individual like reports, people who had been interviewed or whatever the case that have shared their symptoms uh, with media outlets. And then I've compared those with what the standard symptoms are, and sometimes those align perfectly, and sometimes they're literally – the symptoms are literally – the opposite of what they tell us um, the symptoms are so there's just confusion the confusion leads to panic the confusion leads to uncertainty then you start hearing numbers like a hundred thousand people in our state that begins to lead to panic you see fights over toilet paper that fuels the panic even more and I think a a deep breath is, is definitely required here because I think Folks, we better brace ourselves for more more actions to come. Now, you might be saying they've taken all the actions. They've closed schools. They've closed sporting events. Uh, businesses are now responding. They've closed restaurants in some states. Um, you know, some places are under extreme quarantine. In fact, I saw a Kentucky man. You may have seen this on Drudge or elsewhere. Kentucky man that was refusing to abide by quarantine. So they've got an armed officer there to make sure that this guy complies <laughs> all sorts of stuff that come from this. I want to talk a little bit after the break just the role the responsibility the government has what their true you know how much how much how much say should they have in this in a free country? What does that really look like? What's our responsibility and role here as individual citizens in a constitutional republic that Guarantees liberty for all people. We'll talk about those things when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. We may have to get into this after the top of the hour, but I at least want to start here. Questions about what can... What can government, what can our government do here in a constitutional republic, what can it, what can it do when it comes to taking steps to uh, prevent the further spread of a disease during a pandemic, right? We've got this coronavirus going around. We know that people congregating and interacting with each other is obviously a way that this thing spreads person-to-person contact and so the thought is the social distancing uh, component we get as many people as possible to kind of stay in their own lane so to speak stay in their own home not having people bumping into each other in large numbers out in the public square minimizing those who have any symptoms getting them pulled out of the i guess the the general population as far as People meandering around in day-to-day life, and this keeps the disease uh, from from spreading. And so they start off by giving kind of pointers, how to wash your hands, avoid crowds of this size. And this is also where the confusion comes in, candidly, because what we have is – what we end up having is people who are being allowed – we're allowed to do anything because we have freedom – the government hasn't said that it's reached a place that they have to move beyond the recommendation and actually enforce it for the health, safety, and well-being of, of its citizens. But there's a point at which that becomes that becomes the case, and so we're quickly – I'm telling you that we're quickly approaching this. In fact, if you look at what people are saying behind the scenes, the things that have been discussed, even Trump I think alluded to some of this you know people were asking questions about not just travel restrictions between here in europe or here in china or here and wherever these hot these hot spots are for coronavirus but as our numbers continue to increase here there's now questions between to you know travel locally domestically what does that look like and so um i mean there is an interest in the the, the government does have a legitimate interest in predict, uh, protecting citizens from something like this. So they certainly can. They certainly can take actions. doesn't mean that these actions will be well-received by the citizens in a particular you know, local municipality, in a county, in a state, or even in this great nation as a whole. But it does mean that it is a reasonable thing to do. Look, it just has to be justifiable. Now, some people say none of this is justifiable. In fact, I've seen some people that say, everybody's going to get this anyway, let's just get it over with, to which the medical professionals will say, well, then we'll see a spike in people needing medical treatment that will overrun our system. That's really that's really the, the, the fear, or I guess the motivator for all of this, is to see, even if there is widespread um exposure and people getting this they want to see that happen over a longer period of time so as not to spike the healthcare system to a point where there's not enough capabilities to care for those who are you know critical or in bad shape need ventilators need emergency bedroom uh, emergency room beds and so forth so anyway the government does have a role the thing is it needs to be balanced it needs to be it doesn't give them Carte blanche freedom to do whatever they want here, but certainly, certainly they can take action here, even in a place that respects liberty. Just has to be justified. Can't be something that's, um, you know, just done because somebody wants it. And I think at this particular point with where we are, this becomes a very real possibility. So just be prepared for that. Be prepared for other restrictions and so forth. But I've got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back so we will continue coronavirus talk here after the top of the hour hour number two but i wanted to mention here that we are partnering with shepherd community center 40 days 40 days per gram uh, between us and shepherd community shepherd community is asking for your help to meet the spiritual physical emotional and acad- academic needs of our neighbors, and break the cycle of poverty in the near east side of Indianapolis one child at a time. Donate $40 to support Shepherd Community with us. We are, by the way, what we're doing here, in addition to those who want to help out directly through the 40 Days program. By the way, it's it's shepherdcommunity.org. Slash forty days, the number four zero days, shepherdcommunity.org slash forty days. Check it out. But what we're doing here internally is we are donating back ten percent of um, funds generated from advertisers we bring on board during the campaign. So join us in helping shepherdcommunity.org slash forty days. SDG, see in a minute.